Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mets 360 here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Jura, and I'll be joined in just a few seconds by uh, John Springer, uh, author of Mets by the Numbers, both the uh, book and uh, the website. Uh, last time John was on, we talked a lot about uniform numbers, and tonight we're going to talk uh, about how the Mets are doing so far in the young 2017 season. So let's bring them on and get right to it. John, thanks for joining us again. Brian, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. All right, well, uh, our first question is, you know, the Mets uh, won tonight and swept the Phillies, and they're now 6-3. and three. And I want to know, what's been the most surprising thing so far about the Mets uh, to you here in 2017? Uh, so far, Matt Harvey. I, uh, I did not have uh, uh, great expectations for him coming in. Uh, I was, you know, obviously concerned about his injuries. I was concerned about his attitude a little bit, and that's going back a little ways. You know, I, I, he's a guy I've been – I was sort of slow to warm to, uh, you know, as spectacular as he was uh, when he first came up. I, I, I was quite worried about him. And I would have to say, you know, uh, yesterday in particular, uh, his demeanor, his, uh, you know, his stuff, uh, he looked like, you know, maybe not, uh, you know, superpower uh, 2013 Matt Harvey, but uh, a, a, an effective, you know, starting pitcher and, and – you know, you put that behind, uh, you know, DeGrom and and, uh, and Syndergaard, and, and we've got a very de- uh, deep rotation, and that's good news for me. So that's the pleasant surprise I think I've seen so far. It was kind of hard to imagine a scenario for the Mets this year where they advanced to the postseason and had a successful year without Matt Harvey at least approaching what we had seen from him in, in 2013 and 2015. And like you said, he didn't have to be the, the ace material, but he had to be a whole lot closer to that than what he gave us in 2016. And I think so far we've been pleasantly surprised by what we've seen out of Matt. But you, you made a reference to, to something about never – uh, really warming up to him, maybe as some other people did. Um, any yeah. any further explanation on that? Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's funny. I, I, I mean, I, look, I love all the Mets, and I don't want to, you know, play favorites or whatever. But you, but you have favorites, right? And uh, uh, the two things rub me the wrong way about Harvey. And, and again, it has very little to do with his pitching, and I don't think it reflects, you know, badly on, on, uh, you know, my rooting interest because I, I root for the Mets to win every night. But I got to say, uh, uh, one, you know, uh, Mike Francesa loved the guy, and automatically I was suspicious about that. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Francesa, particularly. I don't you go back. There was a, there was an interview he did with him in, in thirteen, or really was very young in in. Uh, Harvey's career, and Francesca kind of took this point of view that said, you know, the Mets finally have a guy like the Yankees would have, and this is, uh, you know, this is the kind of guy that the Mets need to get in order to get serious and win and stop being a joke and all this other stuff. And, of course, I was a little bit insulted by that, um, uh, you know, even if there's a grain of truth to it. So that was one thing, you know. I said, I don't want to, you know, 
I don't need to get behind the guy that, that, you know, the one guy on the team that Francesa is behind, you know what I mean? He's got a cheering section already. Um, And then uh, the following spring, I was reading in the daily news, the description of him driving up to uh, spring training in in an Escalade. And I said, I I wasn't uh, approving of, uh, of guys who, you know, single guys who drive like, you know, small luxury buses, you know, that was sort of my uh, 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 little uh, political uh, opposition to him. And, and of course, you know, there's, you know, the rest of the stuff that, you know, the posing and the, you know, that's, that's all well and good. But, um, uh, you know, at some point you knew that his, his, uh, uh, you know, if things went wrong for him physically, you know, there wasn't, you know that bravado and that that you know wasn't going to save him, and I think that's that's really what we've come to learn over the past couple of years. Not that I was right, and not that I was happy to see it, but so so Harvey's been a guy who's sort of had to win my uh, admiration, and uh, I'm I've been very impressed with sort of his quiet demeanor and his success so far this year. So uh, good on Matt Harvey. He's he's getting off uh, getting off my list. <laughs> I've always been a big Harvey <laughs> fan, but if I never see the picture of him in the bathrobe again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, but uh, exactly. Let's exactly. Uh, shift. Yeah, let's let, let's shift gears and want to talk about an incident from Tuesday night game and just get your take on it. And uh, that was the as Drupal Cabrera uh, when the reliever that he did the epic bat flip against kind of got his revenge by throwing a pitch. I don't know, six, eight, ten feet over his head, and. Yep. Uh, uh, what was your what was your take on everything that went down after that pitch was thrown? I mean, I, I, you know, you 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 can buy into the into the the narrative. You know, the Mets were a little sun ambulant, you know, in in uh, um, uh, Miami, and uh, you know, kind of you didn't want to see him, you know, kind of come out flat again against Philadelphia. And um, you know, the 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 few things that are that are troublesome about their offense were were showing themselves and. You know, it's a tie game in the eighth inning. And, uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is give up a leadoff base runner. So, I mean, I was happy, you know, obviously to, you know, get uh, get Cabrera on base in front of the uh, the guys coming up behind him. And, um, you know, at, at first I thought, you know, I, I did not Im- immediately make the connection that, that this, this really pitcher, whose name I can't even pronounce, was uh, – the pitcher in the, in the same game last year, although, uh, you know, that was fairly apparent within a few seconds, you know, in the age of Twitter and the, and the broadcast and everything else. <clears throat> so, um, you know, obviously, and, and it did seem to wake the team up a little bit anyway, uh, you know, Jay Bruce, uh, you know, came and uh, uh, hit home run. That was obviously, you know, that's what sort of one of the, uh, you know, fulcrum games of this young season so far. What do they play? Nine games? You know, that's that's one of the few that we sort of hung in the balance and, and uh you know, particularly as, as poor as the Grom had looked in the early stages of that game, you know, I don't think anybody any of us would have been surprised if we didn't lose that game six, seven, eight runs down by that point. So uh uh that was a nice that was a nice little victory and then to follow it up the following night with a you know, a barrage like that. Uh obviously uh it was a nice shot in the arm. 
Uh, I made a mistake. I called it Tuesday night. Obviously, that was Monday night. And I'm right. right there with you. I didn't pick up on the fact that it was the pitcher that he did the bat flip against right away. I didn't recognize it until the announcers filled me in on it. But the thing right. that occurred to me was that it seemed that there was no way that Cabrera was going to go out and start a fight with that guy because that guy's younger and bigger and probably would pummel him. So Cabrera is sitting there at home plate and and jawing at him because obviously, A, he didn't like the pitch, and then B, he didn't like the histrionics that the pitcher was going through on the mound. But then he was almost like looking at the catcher like, hold me back, hold me back. I'll tear him apart if you don't hold me back. Hold me back. (laughs) So um, it it didn't seem much to me like uh, uh, Zdrubal wanted any part of him. But, uh, you know, a uh, win is a win is a win. Yep. You know, that reminded me of Jay Payton in the playoffs against uh, St. Louis in 06? No, not 06. Um, uh, 2000? Where, God, what was his name from the Cardinals? They had a relief pitcher who hit him, and Peyton did the same thing. He took, he takes a couple of steps out from home plate, and then he kind of like begs people to hold him back, you know, because he wants to, <laughs> he wants to appear as though he wants to fight the guy, uh, but doesn't. What was that pitcher's name? He was a, was it Steve Klein. Is that? I'm, I'm drawing Klein. a complete blank hat. on this, but. He was a chubby guy with a dirty hat and black hair, um, and he 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 hit Peyton, and uh, you know that, <laughs> I'll I'll double check that afterwards. But your description of uh, Cabrera there reminded me of Peyton uh, back in that playoff game. All right. Well, um, <laughs> next next up, I want to ask you about uh, realize it's only nine games, but we all come into the season and we have things that we're, you know, we think that we know and we have things that we're concerned about. And what were your biggest concerns or concern coming into the season and how has that turned out so far? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I had an overriding concern. I have, you know, a couple of little fears. Um, uh, you know, I've never been, um, you know, convinced, not, not that, not that, uh, you know, Neil Walker is not a, a good ball player to have on your team, but, uh, you know, that, that, that he's hitting fifth, you know, that, uh, he seems to be, you know, doing that on the, on the strength of a, of an early season home run barrage last year, he turned into a, a singles hitter, you know, kind of following that. Uh, and then they gave him a $17 million contract, uh, when I would have hoped to have seen maybe let's let's give this a chance to move up, you know, Cicini or, or you know, give Flores a shot or whatever. Um, so I'm, I, I harbor a little bit of concern over, over Walker, generally, one. Um, you know, my other concern is that the lineup, as, uh, you know, as, as powerful as it is, could probably use a little bit more on base skill, you know, um, I think uh, over the off season, I harbored a lot of um, fantasies that the Mets can trade for a guy like Joey Votto, you know, um, uh, make that happen somehow, give up Duda, give up uh, one pitcher, and you know, need to take on that contract and and have a guy there who's going to give you a 370, you know, 380 on base percentage. And the Mets really don't have that. I mean, maybe Granderson when he's going well, um, but. You know, I'm a little concerned about that because we, we get the home runs. I think, you know, look, it's it's early, right? But 
uh, I think at some point we our first seven home first seven of our first nine home runs were solo jobs, right? So, um, you know that, that that was my concern. So a little bit of on base percentage, a little bit of is is Neil Walker the right guy to have in the middle of the lineup, um, and then the you know whatever other concerns you have about but you know is Conforto going to give up time in the outfield? Are they going to you know stick with Jay Bruce if he again? You know. What's the story with Granderson? Is it 36? Is he going to be, you know, um, you know, still a valuable guy? And, you know, those those concerns that, you know, I'm, I'm probably never going to lose <laughs> probably the whole season. But, uh, you know, that's about it. You know, I, I, I obviously had some doubts that Harvey was going to be as, as uh, you know, look as good as he has in the first couple of games. And, uh, you know, Matt, Matt is another guy, you know, I'm, I'm – Listen, I, I'm nothing against Matt, but uh, you know, if he's not reliable uh, health-wise, then then it's a hard thing to bank on. So, you know, he's a concern. Um, fortunately, we've got some depth, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it all works out. The first name that you mentioned was Neil Walker, and it's very interesting yeah. to me. I was generally in favor of re-signing Walker because I felt that if he could give the production that he gave last year over 140, 150 games, that he'd be well worth the contract. But it's just funny to me how some people get a reputation as being streaky. And you always hear that referred as, well, Lucas Duda, well, he's going great when he's good, but he's so streaky, blah, 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 blah. But no one seems to apply that streaky. Well, yeah, everyone is to a certain extent, but no one seemed to apply that that moniker to Walker last year, and he, you mentioned yeah, his great true. start. And then yeah, three that, months, true. he did nothing, and yeah. he had the great finish, and then he got hurt. But so it'll be it, to me. It's real curious. He's not the top of my list, but I certainly understand anyone who who's concerned about him, like you you are, and being the first guy that yeah. you mentioned. Uh, another well, you concern know, was yeah, you, yeah. I was going to say if you if you think about it. I mean, it's not like, again, I don't want the Mets to apologize for me, you know, for having Neil Walker. I thought it was a good move that they got him last year after they'd lost Murphy. And, um, you know, I thought the trade-off for a little bit less offense would be for the better D. And and for the most part, it was. Um, uh, You know, if if Murphy didn't have a ridiculous season that nobody saw coming. But, uh, you know, with with Walker, you know, I guess, you know, the issue is, you know, is he – you know, is he just a singles hitter, you know, who, 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 you know, kind of ran into a bunch in April last year? You know, that's <laughs> that, that, that's my concern. He's John, and I'm Brian, and you're listening to Mets 360 here on Blog Talk Radio. We're talking about the Mets and what's going on here in the early going, and we've got a couple of guys on on the disabled list or the restricted list who are ready to get back. And I want to know what moves do you think that the Mets are going to make when uh, Jerry Familia and Juan Lagares are ready to return to action? Yeah, um, I get. I mean, I mean, it, I guess it a little bit depends on the, the schedule of it. Um, I, I know we know when when Familia comes back. Uh, if Lagares comes back sooner, um, I, I I take away one relief pitcher. It seems like you know uh, we got eight now. Um, we could probably do without uh, Paul Seawald, who hasn't been all that successful so far. Not not to say that he can't be, but um, I don't know if anybody will miss him all that much. Um, <clears throat> on the other hand, you know, there's been 
games already where we could use a better defensive center fielder than Curtis Granderson. And, uh, you know, Ligaris certainly is that, but, you know, I, I, I feel like he, you know, he's a little bit like Matt's to me, you know what I mean? This guy, he's a little bit too fragile and he's going to have to prove, you know, that he's reliable and can hit over a sustained period in order for, you know, for him to get the, you know, the turns he needs. So, so give him, give him some shot, you know, but I wouldn't say that, you know, Lagaris is necessarily safe um, if he's not, you know, up to the task. And again, it's staying healthy and, and, uh, you know, producing in a situation where he's not going to be the everyday guy. You mentioned the fact that they're carrying an extra reliever now. So you would think that the, the standard move would be to, to, get rid of two relievers and, and bring those two stars back. But before the injury to Ligaris, they were talking about having Conforto start the year in AAA just so he would get consistent playing time. And to me, yeah. it's going to be real curious to see if the Mets go back to that original plan and send Conforto back to AAA now that they've got a, another guy who can play center field, or if they'll go with the traditional five and just say, well, we're going to get Conforto at bats when we can. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, 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 I want to shy away from making it seem like it's a, it's a bad problem to have. You know, it, it's a little bit like the situation last year where, where you know, we were down a couple of starting pitchers, and fortunately we had Gisellman and Lugo, you know, who, who were able to kind of pick up some of that slack. And, and this, you know, I guess the same we hope for the outfield right now. We got, you know, five outfielders who were pretty good and only three everyday starting jobs, but. Um, I don't know. To me, you know, maybe the right, the the, the ideal situation, and it it would depend a little bit on Curtis Granderson's, you know, demeanor, but, you know, he seems to me, out of all the guys that he had, if you were going to put one guy on the bench for this team to be a pinch hitter and to reach base when you needed a base runner if you're losing, uh, you know, particularly against right-handed hitter, or or you need a home run, you know, Granderson would be a pretty good pinch hitter in that situation. He had a walk tonight coming off the bench um, in, a, in a tight game, leading off an inning. I think it was leading off an inning. Um, so um, <clears throat> I think they're moving toward, you know, Ligaris, Conforto is the, out, is the center fielder this year, and, and maybe, you know, Ligaris in the future, and um, <clears throat> uh, Conforto is a, is a corner guy next year. Um, and and we'll just kind of, I, I guess the I guess what they're going to do is kind of figure it out as they go. But you know, given how Conforto's hit so far, uh, given how Granderson's played center field so far, um, given Lagares's sort of you know unknowns about his health and and how he's going to hit, uh, I I probably want to keep Conforto uh, close by. Now earlier you were talking about on-base percentage and the way that the club has struggled with that and they don't have anybody who can give you a 370 on-base percentage. And there's no bigger proof than that than the guy who had been leading off into the last couple of games and that Jose Jose Reyes, who I believe had somewhere in the vicinity of a 070 (laughs) on-base percentage. And I want to know just how concerned are you about uh, Reyes and his poor start? Uh, A little. Um, I, I, I felt like, you know, Again, this is just me being an amateur psychologist, but I, I feel like, you know, Reyes is a little bit of a temperamental guy. 
Um, and, 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 you know, last year was a, was a good situation. Like when the Mets got him, I was like thrilled, you know, Reyes is coming back. He's got something to prove. Uh, you know, the Mets obviously need him. You know, there was a lot sort of riding on his uh, performing well uh, last year. And, and, you know, I, he, he found it, but, you know, he'd really been struggling a little bit as a ball player for a couple of years by that point. So I, I'm not sure how much you could expect you know, that he would continue to be Jose Reyes with a little bit of a different situation. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, you know, at some level, Jose must understand this situation is like, you know, I'm, I'm only a starting ball player anymore because David Wright's health is, is you know, terrible. Um, and maybe that's not the motivation he needs. I, I don't know. Um, you know, the, I, I feel like there's an emotional component to, to, to Reyes's game that, that might not be coming out this year that did come out last year. And uh, so that's a little concern, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I, I wouldn't arrive at that decision if, uh, you know, if, you know, what he'd done in, in Toronto and, and uh, Colorado in the months before, you know, didn't suggest that there was some cause for concern whether he was, you know, even good enough to be a, you know, a major league third baseman. So, yeah, I got a little concerned about Reyes. I mean, he's not going to hit 070 this year, but um, but will he be as good as last year? Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Now, one thing we've been talking about how the good start the Mets have gotten off to six and three after tonight's win over the Phillies, but obviously mm-hmm. everyone's going to judge them by how they do against the Nationals, and they've got a couple of series to go before we have our first matchup against the the Nats. And just wondering what you think about uh, how the the Mets match up with the Nationals and your thoughts on the Nationals in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously uh, they're they're the defending champs, right? So uh, the division anyway. So <clears throat> we're we're going to need to uh, uh, you know uh, beat them a few times before you know people start uh, thinking anything differently. Um, my thoughts about the Nationals is one, you know that. Uh, you know, their bullpen situation is not great uh, right now. I know they could fix that down the road. And the other is that their shortstop is hurt now. Um, you know, that that's, you know, those are a couple of, that, that could be a couple of uh, important things because the Nationals, although I think their record's not bad, right? What are they, five and four or something like that? Um, yes, after today's yeah. loss. Yeah, uh, it's not like they're bludgeoning guys and, and, uh, you know, um, my other thought about the Nationals is that you know, like the like the Mets last year as as compared to the year before, you know, really the difference in the division, if you think about it, was that uh, whereas you know Washington kind of dominated the Phillies and the Braves and the Marlins, uh, the Mets sort of struggled against those clubs last year and played Washington more or less equal. I think they were about one or two games. Uh, uh, behind him uh, for the season series. Um, I think I could see the same thing happening to Washington this year where, you know, you're not going to beat up on the, on the Braves or the Phillies or the Marlins quite as much as they did last year. And that can be, uh, you know, a point from which the Mets can kind of narrow that gap between them. You know, otherwise, you know, they're, they're obviously a great, uh, a very good team, uh, dangerous offensively, uh, you know, some pretty good pitchers and, and, 
you know, if the Mets don't play good baseball, uh, they're going to have a hard time uh, uh, dethroning them. One of the things that I've become tuned into lately is just how big of a role that health plays in the success of a team. And I think that last year the Nationals were so incredibly healthy among their position players. And you mentioned already the injury that they have so far to Trey Turner, who's who's such an outstanding uh, young player. And I think that that's really going to be a, a key to their season. I mean, how much time yeah. is Turner going to miss? How how are the injuries going to fall? So to me, that's one thing that that I'm uh, looking out for. But I'm excited. It's all it's always fun to beat up on the the Braves and the Mets are having great results in Philadelphia. But it's going to be nice to get a, a measuring stick going head to head against the the Nationals coming up in in under a week, I believe it is. But you yeah, mentioned you know, about the the Mets. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just going to mention that that not only is uh, is Turner hurt, but um, uh, what's his name, uh, Stephen Drew, who they who was the backup, is out as well with the same injury. So uh, they're 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 into double A already, I think, on that on that level. It's tough to get by with a with a shortstop who's not a major league shortstop. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, it, it, I guess the, the the point being is that you know maybe now is the time to, to them and, and, and then you play them equal the rest of the year and, and you got the edge. Hey, any one of us who lived through the uh, the Mets injuries to shortstop when we had Heinous Reyes uh, play in the position can uh, can only <laughs> smile at what the Nats are going through right now. But um, I want to talk Kurt about the, the, the Phillies. The <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. Uh, let's not even <laughs> go there. But um, um, the Mets win tonight and against the Phillies. And since the start of the 2014 season, they are 42 and 18 against the Phillies. And that's just amazing. And I want to know, uh, does that take any of the sting away from when the shoe was on the other foot, when we were in, in the house of horrors known as Turner field and posted a 67 and one Oh six (laughs) record. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really. I don't really. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't necessarily uh, think about it that way. I mean, I try to look at it pragmatically. You know, uh, the Mets, for the most part, you know, were deserving of <laughs> of the beatings they took. Atlanta. Atlanta had a had an outstanding team for many years, and you know, the Mets during much of that era, uh, you know, weren't weren't built. Uh, you know, all that intelligently and, and uh, uh, you know, were, they were slow to, uh, you know, um, adapt to the quantitative revolution, it would seem, and they, uh, you know, made some bad draft picks and, you know, and they uh, let some guys go they shouldn't and traded guys away they shouldn't. And, you know, they, they sort of kind of got what was coming to them a little bit, I think, for, for a lot of the the year, you know, they didn't build a team as well as Scharnholz did in, in, in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, that was sort of, uh, you know, the, the rewards of that. But, um, you know, so uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, you know, yeah, and, and beating up the Phillies now is, is you know, Ruben Amaro's <laughs> you know, ultimately, right? Uh, the Mets have built a better franchise. Uh, they're obviously in the right, you know, they're in different points on the competitive uh uh, circle and and the Mets ought to be beating the, the Phillies right now. You know. Now, 
switching gears, I used to be on a podcast where each week we'd make one crazy prediction. So I want to uh, get that tradition going again. So my crazy <laughs> prediction for tonight is that the Mets re-sign Jay Bruce and use Michael Conforto in center field in 2018. So I want you to comment on my crazy prediction, and if you have one of your own, give me that too. Yeah, uh, your crazy prediction, I think, is is crazy. Um, not not that they wouldn't re-sign Bruce, uh, uh, but I don't believe that Conforto is a center fielder, but you never know. Um, uh, you know, anything can happen. Uh, you know, I like, I like to think about trades. Um, I, you know, if the, I don't know, my prediction might be, um, look, they could, I would have told you a week ago if you asked me that my crazy prediction was they would have traded Matt Harvey at the deadline um, and, uh, you know, in some kind of spectacular deal to uh, get a guy like Joey Votto. Now, I don't know how that would all work out. Maybe I should give it some, some deeper thought to that. So, so maybe I'll reel that one back and say um, Neil Walker's not a Met in August. Uh, and maybe Curtis Granderson also. Maybe those two guys wow. go. Yeah, maybe. Uh, right? I would I would say that would qualify as crazy. Yes. I love it. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, John, we've only got good. about a minute left. And yep. <laughs> we, we only have about a minute left, and, and I know you've got some, some exciting news to share with us. So uh, tell me the new project that you're working on. This is a world exclusive. Uh, I am uh, uh, working on a new book. Um, that it tells a forgotten true story of the 1884 Wilmington Quick Steps, which was a minor league baseball team back in the Dead Bull era that uh, played something like 700 ball in the, in a league that is sort of the equivalent of the it actually is the predecessor of the AAA International League um, in in that season and uh, were promoted uh, into the Union Association in August to uh, take the place of a team that had folded. And once they got to the major leagues, they posted a one in 16 record, which was the worst percentage wise in baseball history. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a story that not a lot of people know about, obviously, right? It takes a lot of, uh, a lot of research and there's some colorful characters and some uh, wild stuff. And uh, I'm just beginning it now. And hopefully as, uh, if everything works out, uh, we'll see it next year. Fantastic. And, and who will be publishing this? Uh, it's uh, Sports Publishing uh, slash Skyhorse. Okay. And I believe Sports Publishing is the same one that did your previous book, Mets by the Numbers. Is that correct? Same guy, same editor, as a matter of fact, yes. Fantastic. Well, uh, I have just one more thing. Uh, baseball Reference is our friend and was able to find out that the pitcher who hit Jay Payton in the 2000 NLCS was Dave Veris. I'm thinking of something. I'm, I'm going to double check that. Was there was is, is there a reference to a uh, confrontation following the the, the pitch? No, we, we'd have to look for an article on on that. So we'd have to. <laughs> but that was in uh, that was in game five. So okay, um, I, I'm pretty sure I, that you that can was see it, tempers but... running. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to circle back. Right, well, if, if I find out it's Steve Klein, I'm going to let you know. All right. The next time that you're on, we'll, we'll, we'll lead with that. All right, John, thanks so much for, for being on with us tonight, and uh, let's go Mets. Yeah, happy to do it again. Thanks, Good night, Brian. everyone. Bye. <clears throat>